0: And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at JoinMIDI.com.
1: Welcome to the Baseball America podcast. Baseball America, bringing you baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk baseball. Hey, welcome everyone to Baseball America Facebook Live and a podcast. I'm John Manuel, along with J.J. Cooper. I want to thank you for tuning in. I remind you that our podcasts and Facebook Live broadcasts are sponsored by Baseballism, the official off-the-field brand of baseball, offering apparel for, men, apparel for men, women, and kids. If you're a baseball fan, you need to check out Baseballism.com or visit the retail locations in Cooperstown, New York, Scottsdale, Arizona, or new stores in Atlanta and Chicago. Visit Baseballism.com and enter the code BA2017 to save 20% off. At baseballism.com. So, JJ, uh, t- busy time of busy. year for us. Busy. We're we're going we're making sure we want to get uh, get in, get in our base our Facebook lives, get in our podcasts. Um, we are locked down in draft mode, and that's where we wanted to talk a little bit today. But we also dar- we, we have a top two hundred draft prospects, a top one hundred minor league prospect update that we have not done before. We did it in May for the first time. You know, it was a big deal for us a few years ago. We did a mid season update. You should just do the top 100 and freeze it in amber, you know, and then I walked around with it on the end of my cane, you know, like in uh, Jurassic Park at the end of uh, throughout the movie. But uh, now we've decided to thaw that out and create a new dinosaur in the middle of May.
0: Uh, uh, middle of May. I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm pretty excited about it. Now, to explain it to everyone, we try to spell this out this has less movement. We're, you're going to see a lot more movement when we come up with the midseason list, which will come out right around the Futures game, a little bit before the Futures game. Probably. Right.
1: We want to respect the integrity of our earlier list and also just the reporting that we did that went into that earlier list and not well, overreact to a month of minor league baseball. Right. We,
0: this list was based off of essentially one month. And so with that, we had some guys who graduated. The guys who graduated, you're gone.
1: That's really the main thing was let's get rid of these guys who were like and Benintendi and... Uh who were close Aaron Judge.
0: Exactly. He, he's done pretty well for himself. He has. But um so we we graduated those guys, but then beyond that, we also did move guys around and reflect the reporting we have. Because it's really it's a month of the season, but it's at in many ways it's two months, two and a half months of information. Right. Because spring training does count also. And There's some information there. Uh, right. You don't want to judge don't too go much, much on off off Yep. But you do at the same time. You, you want to also reflect that there is some stuff that goes on there, right? You know? And so so we, we we put all that together, and then that gives you the list that you have now. You know the the yomakata moved moves from two all the way up to one, right? Um, probably not a big surprise there, but there were some guys who made some significant movement. And again, you don't want to overreact. But one guy that jumps to mind to me was his you know Luis Urias who. We had really good reports on uh, right. coming out of the Cal League last year. Kyle but Kyle Glazer's special. Kyle's all over there. Kyle's guy. all over Luis Urias. But but coming out of last year, there still were the questions of, okay, impact, power, defensive position. He's a second baseman. You know, and kind of, okay, so he's on the cusp, but he's not in the 100. Well, then he goes out as the youngest player in the Texas League, and he's hitting for average. Correct. He's hitting for power. Oh, correct. He's playing shortstop. And he's probably not a shortstop long term, but that does. He's
1: playing it to a passable level. He's now.
0: playing it to a passable level at shortstop, which does show you. It's important also from the standpoint of just down the road. It, it gives them some more avenues, not as his as an everyday shortstop. But if you're a second baseman who can even slide over there, right. there's some value to that.
1: Also, just the fact that you're playing shortstop, whether you play shortstop in the future or not, if you can play shortstop in Double A, you know, and, and play it passably, it probably means you can be an above-average defender at second base. Well, the point is it looks like he's going to be an asset both ways, not just a singles-hitting mm-hmm. middle infield, maybe a singles-hitting second baseman. There's some versatility. There's a little bit more athleticism than I think he was given credit for, and the bat looks for real for sure. So that's a good guy to move in. The interesting part, we're really the big picture, and I should have given you this in prep, J.J., and I did not. That's okay. But Throw it as, at me. We, as we did this in the, in the room over yonder in our conference room, we noticed, hmm, there really aren't a lot of pitchers that we like on this list. Is this just ebb and flow, or is this just where the game is right now, where it is harder and harder to be a big league starting pitcher because you throw harder and harder, and I think it's harder, more difficult to remain healthy as a starter when every starting pitcher throws every pitch basically at max effort because that's how you're scouted. uh, This evolution of pitching, there's – Anecdotal evidence here in the fact that the only pitchers we have in the top 20 are injured Alex Reyes, Francis Martez, who's backed up a little bit this spring, Mm -hmm. not throwing a lot of strikes, and young Mitch Keller, who we like a lot. But those are the only guys in the top 21 for pitchers. I feel like it is more difficult to develop starting pitching in today's game because every pitcher is expected to throw 93 miles an hour plus. I don't feel that's conducive to throwing that kind of effort that hard that max effort to be a starting pitcher and to throw 180 innings and I feel like it's harder I think we're seeing evidence of that in the minor leagues in developing starting pitchers what's um, your what's your retort because I know you disagree yeah
0: my, my retort to that would be I do think in the midseason list we will see we will see the guys who really have jumped out uh, this year so far are guys the guys who've been good are guys who were not close enough to that top 20 but really what happened is, is if you look at our preseason top 100 all the pitchers and we've I would say... Who's we, a
1: guy who's jumped
0: up? Uh, Colby, frankly, Allard.
1: Okay, Colby, Colby Allard. Colby Allard's already had a back issue. And he doesn't throw 93. Next. What do you mean doesn't throw He 90s? doesn't throw consistently 93 miles an hour.
0: Oh, you'll see a lot of 93s You'll
1: now. see some, but that's not where he sits. Okay. He's not a velo guy the way you define it. You would define his velocity as below average Major League velocity.
0: Actually, no. I wouldn't it's like you. 91, 92.
1: And you said 93 is below average. No, like he's a average. lefty,
0: a lefty, a 92, 92 on a lefty is an average lefty.
1: Okay, I'm the... I'm the he's average.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, Next. Um, so he's won. Uh, May,
1: I'll, I'll give it to you. But he's not, I don't think of him as a power pitcher. Anyway,
0: move on. Okay. Uh, Keller, like we talked about. I think Keller right now, if you want to make a case to He's moved to up me, four spots. Right. But if you want to make a case to me at the midseason, I would not be shocked at all if Mitch Keller is in the top ten on this list. I agree. Because he's, he's okay. a and he And he has bunch We, we, we liked him beforehand. Right. Uh, let me look Franklin at,
1: Perez has thrown 14 innings this year. Yeah. Uh, I would so not, that's I a jump-up guy. That's a jump-up guy. Mike Soroka is yeah. not a power pitcher. He's a jump-up guy on our list, but he's not a power pitcher. He's a command guy. I want to know who of these guys are going to be starters. Tristan McKenzie. There's projection like crazy, and he's got he? good stuff now. Do you think at 6'5", 165 on a, on, a, on a heavy day that he's going to sustain that for 180 to 200 innings in the big leagues? I think that's a little leap of faith to say that, that he will do that because we don't see anyone do that in the major leagues today.
0: It's hard. It's yeah.
1: hard. It's really hard. That's the point. Um, the guys I'm again, most excited about, who are pitchers on here, are all the guys in low A who haven't had a chance to fail yet. Ian Anderson. I was very excited about Josh Norris's. We talked about it last week. Uh, report on Braxton Garrett. Brandon Woodruff. Brandon Woodruff is a good example. That's a good example. You had to dig.
0: I had to look. I had to call the list up. But Brandon Woodruff is a guy who's pitching underrated. really well. Pitching really well in AAA. Um, really good stuff. A guy who's not on this list, but I expect to see on the midseason. Again, you're not gonna. Hmm. We're not gonna move a guy from. A little further off, because Tyler Molly was a little further off. That's he a, wasn't, good, he's a good But Tyler Molly is a guy who is dominating with plus stuff. Didn't
1: throw threw- hard. Had a below average fastball velocity when he was drafted. 87-91. Mm-hmm. You would call that guy a soft tosser in the draft.
0: But now he throws like that-
1: Okay, but in the draft, yeah. you would call him a soft tosser. I'm just p- pricking some holes at JJ's. No, no, We're no, talking no. draft, and when JJ oh, guy- okay. says a guy throws 90-91 and JJ says he doesn't throw hard, my that, point, that bothers me.
0: But my point is is that those guys a lot of times are the... If you can find the guys who the velocity will go significantly forward after they're drafted right. rather than backwards. Which but is you always what him. scouts have always looked for. But those guys don't get drafted generally in the first round.
1: And I'm saying they should. Because <laughs> I am scared of the high school guy throwing a hundo. And, that's, and, that, and, and the, the guy that I think you are the most anti-against on our top 100 is the one of the more notorious high school guys throwing a hundo, Lucas Giolito. So and I that, don't want guys with, with present seven fastball velocity in the draft. Give me the five slash seven. The five now fastball who's got p- plenty of projection because he's athletic, because his arm works, the arm's clean, the, there's no giant red flags in the delivery. Give me that all day over the high school guy who's throwing the snot out of it Every pitch showcase style. But, that's just a philosoph- philosophical difference between the two of us.
0: Now, see, I don't think there's as much difference there as you think in that. But you would say the you would not say the same thing with college guys, would you? Generally, but, generally,
1: but I mean, I, I still want some projection in my college guy. I don't want them to be finished projects when they're 21 years old. I want some polish, but I don't want finish. You want some player development.
0: I mean, that, that's not crazy, but, is it? By, by the way, along those lines, though, the other guy who we, you said, a, a guy who I expect to see. We, we have run Vladimir Guerrero Jr. up really high on that list. He's 16. He's not high enough, probably. I think, yes. <laughs> I mean, the thing about it is, is we're trying to be conservative with this. Well, we're
1: probably going to lose Cody Bellinger.
0: Yes. We, know, yeah. he, he, Cody yeah. has basically... He has essentially prohibited the Dodgers from sending him down by becoming like... One of their best hitters from the day he arrived.
1: The other jump-up guy, and you're talking about uh, Latin American third baseman, Rafael Devers. We're probably almost a little light on Rafael Devers at 14. But again, we
0: didn't want to overreact. He was already in our top 20. First month was a great month. But at the same time, again, midseason? Yeah. I absolutely, those two guys. But if, if you told me midseason that we are discussing Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as being one, two, or three on this list, it sure. would not stun me. Scouts who have seen him in Lansing just come away. This is one of those guys that you you, you see him and you're like, right. I will be glad to remember that I saw him at this age.
1: JJ, uh, we have Blake Rutherford on the list. He was actually a guy we debated uh, fairly heavily. He's at 37, so he's moved up some. Um, who was this year's Blake Rutherford in the draft? Asks uh, Mike Duggan. Um, so I don't know exactly what he means by who's this year's Blake Rutherford. Maybe you mean like one of the top. But this is a good high school outfielder draft. Uh, maybe we're looking for a high school outfielder who is bat first, like hit tool over power tool, or maybe more of a where the hit is the best tool. That is not the case for Jordan Adele. That's not the case for Austin Beck. Those guys are uh, very athletic. Uh, Bubba Thompson, Helio Ramos, just scrolling through our outfielders. Is that Drew Waters? Maybe that's Drew Waters. I mean uh, – I, I don't think it's – I don't think there's a, a direct – comparable player to him, with the exception of Garrett Mitchell, who's similar. But again, Garrett Mitchell's more the other tools and the field to hit is the question right now, I think, with Garrett Mitchell. So I I don't don't think think there's an exact comp for for, uh, for Blake Weatherford. I
0: I, I think that the only guy that I would say fits in that pure hit, potentially even, and I don't think he's at that same level, because we had Mickey Moe. Calvin Mitchell but not as athletic. I don't right. think as Blake Rutherford. We had Mickey Mo and, and Rutherford last year who are these kind of hit first. Right. Nothing, nothing against the power, but...
1: Right. I mean, the, the highest grade on Mickey, Mickey Moniac's card, if you believed in him, was a seven-hit tool. And I think that's the same and thing with, for Blake Rutherford. With Rutherford,
0: I don't see a guy... Me to either. me, there's not a guy on this who I would say on the high school side who I would give a seven-hit to. There might be... Now, if you really like him, I think there's multiple college hitters on this, even though we talk about this being a bad college... You know, but right. there are a number of guys who, if you really like them, you could say it's a seven hit. Usually, they're guys who you you question the power a little bit. You know, on the college side,
1: yeah, that's the other kind of thing we're focusing on for this mock draft I'm working on. Uh, hoping to write that to, tonight for tomorrow um, is what do you do with these college bats? Um, you know, the college hitters, a lot of whom are up very quickly in the major leagues, but on our top one hundred, actually, the only top, uh, the only college bat in the top ten, JJ actually is Nick Senzel. The rest of these guys, uh, it's a very heavy Latin American top 10. Moncada, Mm -hmm. Torres, uh, Glaber Torres, Ahmed Rosario, Julio Dames, Ozzy Alves, Victor Robles, Alex Reyes. I mean, Alex Reyes, uh, in New Jersey's kind of foreign anyway, but obviously we count him as Dominican. Uh, Eloy Jimenez there at 11. The the other college hitters are further down because I think part of the reason though is that a lot of college hitters graduate very quickly to the major leagues. Kyle Lewis is hurt, he's down at uh, 30. So, who are the college hitters? There aren't athletic college hitters in this draft class like there were, say, two years ago when you had Bregman and Swanson and Ben and you know, shortstop, shortstop, center fielder, who all shot to the major leagues and are all uh, quickly establishing themselves as major leaguers, where Dansby's the only one who's stumbled at all, really, right. and, um, uh, this season. But this year's college draft class does have a lot of hitters that scouts do believe in, but they all play on the corners. Mm-hmm. And that's really, I guess, and the, kind of the, the issue. that's the
0: issue. You know, you, you start with, I mean, again, you start with Brendan McKay. whereas he in right. up playing? I think of him. I, I know that you can find guys with the hitter, but it feels like the closer we get, would you say that it's more towards the lefty? I think it's the other
1: way now because he's throwing 88 to 90 and he's added a cutter. Who adds a cutter when you dominate for two and a half years, two and three quarter seasons, and he utterly uh, owns college baseball? I, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. He's getting ready to be the most accomplished player in college baseball history in the Baseball America year anyway, 36 years of it. Who, who does that? Who just decides, oh, I'll add a pitch, and then three or four weeks later he's relying on that pitch against Clemson? Probably too much. Right. So um, far be it for me to criticize Louisville. Their coaches are awesome. But it's weird. It's just really weird, JJ. And as I wrote his report for the top 50 reports that are on there – Get 50 more. Uh, hopefully tomorrow, <laughs> we got to write them. We got to do this Facebook Live, and then we got to write our reports. Um, but as we build up the BA 500, read the Brendan McKay report for subscribers. As I wrote it, I like the better as a hitter. I think he's got present sixes, or he's closer to present six hit power than he is close to present six fastball grade, curveball grade, cutter or changeup. The caveat is, I it's it's I think it's definitely just talking to the scouts I've talked to present fastball command is probably a five. You could probably throw a future six on his fastball command. That is the separator for him as a pitcher. That is huge. To me, that's more than a three starter. And Andy Lopez gave me this great analogy. I talked to the former Arizona and Florida and Pepperdine coach um, for this two-way feature we're working on because he had Brad Wilkerson as an all-time two-way player. He said, I always put players in buckets of ones, twos, and threes. And you win with ones and threes. Ones are stars who don't act like stars. Or, I know ones are stars who know they're stars and own the responsibility of being stars. Brad Wilkerson was a one who thought he was a three. He had the grinder mentality of a role player, which is threes. You need ones and threes. You lose with twos. Twos are guys who aren't stars but think they are. And that was his recruiting philosophy oversimplified. And for me, Brendan McKay is a one who thinks he's a three. He thinks he's a grinder. If he's at full strength, he has one stuff, a touch of 94 lefty with solid average fastball velocity with plus life, angle, and plus command. Plus, uh, add on to that as above average to plus curveball and feel for using the changeup when he throws it. And there's a little more to come as he gives away, as he gives up he gives position up playing and, and focuses on pitching. But that's a lot of ifs to go first overall as a mm-hmm. left hander. Meanwhile, as a hitter, I know that he has feel for the barrel. I know that he has improved his power this year. He's shown you plus easy plus raw. It's a beautiful swing. Hudson Belinsky. Now we're talking about this last night. He's looser at the plate than he is on the mound. It's more strength oriented on the mound. It's more a little handsy looseness at the plate. Then you see, I think, that the defensive improvement at first base could be easy with pro coaching, right. focus on that, improve base running. As I wrote it up, Eileen Hitter. but I, I don't know that there's an industry consensus. I think the teams that pick at the top, the Twins and the Reds, see him more on the mound. I don't think that's necessarily the industry consensus. I think that's still split. That's a long answer to a short question.
0: The After that, Paven Smith very much fits what we're talking about. It's a potential seven bat. I mean that's it's true. a hit over power yes. corner. And, and the, the
1: metrics apparently are fantastic. The track man data, just the, the way the ball comes off his bat, and you talk to scouts who do like the swing and again talking talking to Brad Wilkerson for this story. He's in West Palm Beach. He talked about seeing Pavin Smith in high school and being like, Wow, this guy's a big league hitter.
0: Adam Hazley, again.
1: I don't think anyone's going seven on him. No, but I'll I, say
0: that for sure. But he is a plus hitter. And again, probably getting to the corner. I skipped over.
1: I don't know if he's gonna end up on a corner or not. I'll just say that yeah. Brad Wilkerson's my comp for him. A lot of Brad Wilkerson talk on today's Facebook Live. I'm obsessed with Brad Wilkerson right now, 20 years too late. But, uh, but I skipped over player. the guy
0: who's definitely up the middle, Jaren Kendall. Who... Yes, he's not a seven hitter. He's on the opposite end of the spectrum. Right. I mean, the question with him is going to really be. He didn't
1: even mention the best pure, the best college hitter of the draft for me. If I'm if I'm picking one college hitter of the draft, it's Keston Hira. Six hits, six power. Bank it. I love the saying. Uses the whole field. I mean, that's why I put him 10th in the first mock draft we did. I know that was probably high. I bet he goes closer to 10 than where we have him right now at 20. Bum arm and all. I don't see how you pass on. If you think he's the best college hitter in the draft, and I think there are going to be teams that do, just hit and power. How do you pass that guy? Especially,
0: well, the thing about it is, I'm is all I'm all know, about. I, I, I'm agreeing with you from the standpoint that his defensive questions are largely fixable. Like
1: I, I would think so. Yes,
0: he has a he has a bad elbow. We can fix
1: elbows s- now. We have the technology. They, they it can make surgery. them bigger, stronger, and faster. He, he
0: needs surgery, but it's not something where you say, "Well, you know, he his can't, arm's going to fall off." Right. He <laughs> can't throw. Right. No, and he has before this. Like again, if he's healthy. He could be a second. I mean, like, and
1: why can't you just play him in left field? But why can't he just go out I there? I will
0: give. I mean, again, it's it's. He's not playing a position, so it's not the same thing, right? But it is the Ian Happ discussion from a couple of years ago, somewhat, yes. Where okay, again, the big. It's actually, addendum, a decent comp. The big addendum being this guy makes a lot more Ian Happ out. was playing second and some short and some outfield. He'd done yes. all three, and he had two working elbows, <laughs> right. But there was questions, it was like, if you're taking Ian Happ, you're taking the bat, and then you say, we'll figure out the defensive position, maybe he can stay at second, Right. maybe he's in a corner in the outfield.
1: Best position batter's box. That's certainly the case for Keston Hura. He's actually kind of, a, probably not quite as athletic as Ian Happ, but, but I, think better, it's a, I think it's a very similar case, and that's a good call. Um, let's take some uh, reader questions. They're going to be all over the map, because we've been all over fun. the map. Uh, Atney Maronka asks, are you guys worried about Clint Frazier yet? Answer for me is no. He's got a 780 OPS in AAA. Steady as she goes. Here, I will give you. I'm not you too a, worried about. I will
0: it. give you a reason with that. You just said 780 OPS. Aaron Judge is doing pretty well right now, right? Yeah. Aaron Judge, who significantly last year at this time in AAA was much older, right? Than Clint Frazier.
1: Same draft year, but one was college, one was high school.
0: So at this time last year, today's the what? Fourteenth? Sixteenth? Sixteenth. Okay, on the sixteenth, Clint. Aaron Judge was hitting 261, 318, 472. Yeah, I'm not worried. So, again, my point being, it's been a month and a half, and Clint Frazier has some ups and downs. I do know that you can talk to scouts who do worry that his swing is not going to work without some changes. It's high maintenance. It's high maintenance. There's a, as he himself says, there's a significant load. There's... Uh, he's tried to tone it down. The, the thing about him is is that the hands work so well so quickly right. that it's both his best strength and also kind of one of the biggest weaknesses he has is that it allows him to do some things he's, that other hitters would not be able to do. He's the
1: latest Ricky Weeks example. The guy's hands were almost too fast. Um, I, uh, Joey Sinchak asks, and others there's saw small sample size, but interested in your thoughts on Alex Jackson's season so far. Beyond encouraging. I yes. mean, like Alex Jackson's basically gone from Almost an NP, a non prospect to a prospect again. And I know he's not catching every day. He's caught back to back a few times lately, mostly DHing. But I don't know what the park factor is at Osceola County Stadium. It's the first year back there. You know, they haven't had right. a team there in a decade plus. But 10 home runs, in the Florida State League is 10 home runs. Slugging nearly 600 in the Florida State League as a 21 year old. That's significant. So the bat is playing and he's back behind the plate, which looks like a smart move. So. It's, uh, like it's why did this not happen before is it, the real question. It's
0: encouraging. You do have to you, you do kind of wonder how much a change of scenery has really helped him. Yes. Getting into a new organization. That being said, I do think there are some underlying concerns that still sit there. Mm-hmm. Um, one is defensive position, because yes, he's got question. a long way to go, catcher, although I do like the move to try to get him to catch some again. Yep. The other is is that you look at the strikeout to water. Still walk right, strikeouts, yeah. And yeah, he's hitting three hundred right now, but the underlying there is, is that basically with a little bit different luck, it could be very much a two hundred and sixty with power. Um, the strikeout walk rates have not changed that much. He is right. making better contact. Right. Some, still some reason for concern, but absolutely he is definitely far beyond anything he's done as a pro before this year. No question. He's already, he, I think he's one home run away from his, uh, season high in home runs.
1: I believe he's one away. That's exactly right. Good call. Uh, no, great call. Um, mm-hmm. Let's go to Ron Lieb, who asked, what's the ETA on Eloy Jimenez, and will Hap stay up or get sent back down? Um, Eloy had that preseason shoulder problem. His first homer last night. I, was say, I know he came back. His was first back homer today. last night
0: for Myrtle Beach. Um, if you don't
1: already have the BA prospect report. Sign up. It's an email newsletter. Four or five paragraphs at the top on top performers and then box score lines for uh, everybody in the prospect handbook, basically. So. Very quick and easy way to scan a lot of well, the, minor league box scores.
0: The ETA for Eloy, I would say, is, is you do have to remember how young this guy still is. Right. Um, yeah, and, he's 20. And the other question becomes, I mean, with Where him, does he go? Where, where is he playing? And you know, Again, I, what I would say is, is that you're talking, I would say, a 2018, some point in 2018 ETA is still a reasonable ETA. The right. question that does come into that, though, is is because he's a corner. He's absolutely a corner. Really, he's a left fielder. He's a left fielder. They have a pretty good one of those who's really only a left fielder or if you, you know.
1: Yeah, if he gets hot. He hasn't gotten hot yet this year. But, yes, Kyle Schwarber has shown himself to be a very capable hitter. Um, Ian Happ, J.J., two games, three hits, a home run already. He's been outstanding. Uh, Ron wants to know, uh, when does he go back down or does he stay up?
0: I think if they're healthy, I think he goes back down. Again, from the standpoint of where does he – I don't see a regular place for him to play right now. If everyone's healthy.
1: Yeah, the Cubs, uh, to me, I still think that this, bringing, calling him up is a great way to showcase him for a trade because mm-hmm. they are going to need starting pitching reinforcements. There's no question about it. They can't trade Jason Hayward and his four extra base hits and his contract. No. Um, at least he has three home runs. Um, I don't think they're so going to trade. one Yeah, uh, one triple, no doubles. Oh. I don't know they're going to trade, but they've already traded Matt Caesar. There is a little room there for another outfielder, but they have Jay Hayward, and Almora, uh, plus Schwarber, small bench, it's just hard to see. Uh, but to me, the, the better, in Happy had a great spring training. was very good in AAA, good debut so far. That just makes him more and more marketable in the right trade for the right pitcher because that's what the Cubs really need. They don't need another infielder who can hit. <laughs> They're fairly lousy with and, those. And Ron
0: falls up, so I was asking, because the Dodgers kept Bellinger. That's a different situation because the Dodgers have more opportunity for a guy um, for one, Andrew Tolles has been lost for the season, right. so that helped open up. And Bellinger's Andrew,
1: always played a little outfield. Right. You know, he's always played like a couple years ago it was 120 games at first, 20 games in center field, not even just the outfield. So, him moving to the outfield is not some new thing.
0: No, that's that's kind of really one of his positions.
1: Right, right. Um, we've got a lot of uh, questions from Tank Yogubi. I think I, I hope I pronounced his name right. I'm sure I didn't. I apologize, Tank. Uh, thinking about Hunter Green. Hunter Green for him. Obvious number one talent in the draft, obvious number one One, pick, JJ.
0: One thing, Tank, I will disagree with you, and this is not a knock on Hunter Green, but you say five to a player. Hunter Green is not a five to a player. Correct. Because he doesn't run. I mean that's he doesn't it's okay. He doesn't need to run. If he was a position player, you still wouldn't he you know what you don't need from him to be a plus runner, to be an impact as a hitter.
1: We also had a scout say he might have the best arm on the entire planet. Right. He was including our oldest chapman in that discussion. And he does have big time power. I don't know how it's it's 70 or 80 raw power. I mean, I'm not sure right. how usable it's going to be.
0: I I would say it would shock me. I know, you know, it would just shock me from the standpoint of he is special as a hitter from the power, from the power. Yes. And he's special because he is a he's got that kind of power and he can play short mainly because of as you just kind said. of like
1: a right-handed Corey Seager kind of guy with more power and less field to hit. I mean, that's really, with, with, really what we're talking about. But less field to hit the, is, a,
0: is, is the essence. But the crazy part about that with a and I'll go, I'll go old here, but with a Sean Dunstan arm at short. Right. Yeah. I mean, which, I mean,
1: Seager had a great arm, but it's not the best
0: arm on the mean, planet. Sean Dunston did have. the best I always arm go planet. back to Sean Dunstan. The ball looked like it was shot out of a rail gun every time he. That yeah, nicely done. Right. But I, Sean Dunstan, if you're young enough to not remember Sean Dunstan, him up. Off, Sean Dunstan was a guy to me who I mean, that was been games comes from WGN. Oh yeah. And and in the daytime. It was it was shocking because he threw at a different velocity than anyone else in, in the, the game. game.
1: And that was thirty years ago. I mean, like and, I, yeah. and
0: since then, like Raphael Frical had a great arm when he was young. He was but, close, but it was But wasn't it wasn't Sean Dunstan. Dunstan. And I think Hunter Green could be that. But I, I say I say that all to say, the reason you hear Hunter Green one, two, three, and it feel like his floor short of you know there being yeah. negotiating issues or whatever on how much he's. I still pay, think his floor is three. Is that it feels like that's about his floor. We're talking about that as a pitcher because, as you said, Tank, it's it's not just a guy who's touched a hundred. It's a guy who's touched a hundred and he does it relative. Not relatively. For a guy who throws 100, he does it very easy. Right. And that's why and there's some questions about, you know, how consistent the breaking ball is, all that. But that's why he is in that, you know. That's
1: Tank Yakubi who says his dad knew Dunstan, Brooklyn kid. So signed by Billy Blitzer, uh longtime scout for the Cubs and a guy that's uh, fun to read about, one of these veteran Cubs scouts who got their ring last year finally. Uh, Philip Kemp Brown finally asked, thoughts on A.J. Puck this year? I feel like we've answered this. Every Facebook Live, so the thoughts are, glad to see him off to a good start. 49 strikeouts. A strikeout to walk is great. I really wouldn't worry about anything else. It's, it's so early. But it says that the stuff has been good, and that's uh, very encouraging for A.J. It,
0: it has been encouraging. The, it, it's tailed off a little bit. Uh, you know. Late. The thing with him is, is that, and you understand it, but long-term with A.J. Puck, because I, I, he, he's up to, last two starts, he's gone five innings. You talked about this last year when we were talking about the draft. When we talk about starters, and you talk about I'm being about able to... Week, just on this five Facebook Live, right, I'm this state, starters. But, but A.J. Puck is the embodiment of a guy who, if you set a question, if he's going to be eventually that horse, that guy who's not the, the guy who you try to get five innings out of and then turn it over to the pen. Right. But it, Those five-inning
1: starts are his longest of the year. Those are, that's progress.
0: Right. That goes back to in Florida, he had the same issue. I mean, right. and Florida was not a team that would not let a guy go because the guy was a little bit more efficient and all that. It was not like. Logan
1: Shore and Alex Fado on the same rot- rotation were going deeper into games. And AJ, and Logan Shore, by the way, I thought a good start for the A's as well. Um, I, I'm, I'm nothing but encouraged by AJ yeah. Puck, really. I'm, I'm nothing but encouraged. He's, he's had one or two really bad starts, otherwise, uh, strike percentage is good. Uh, you know, it's high A. He's gone straight to high A, and he's fairly dominated. So, I'm very encouraged. Uh, you know, to me, that's a really that's as good a start as the as the A's could have asked for. Last but not least, Jack Cecil asked, "Do you think scouts and analysts differ on opinion in regard to Brett Rooker?" Uh, we try to reflect what the scouts are telling us because we are analysts of the information. We're not scouts. So, I would say we have Brett Rooker. Where do we have in our top 200? Uh,
0: He's in the I, he is where he is right now. I think he's going to move up again when we re rank. But he is sixty four. Sixty four is,
1: I think that's actually a pretty good spot for him. That's like a back of the second round rank uh, ranking. He'll probably go a little higher than that. I, I still have my way. questions about him. You know, there's apparently the arm strength is below par. So even though he's mobile for his size, you'd think maybe he could move to the outfield. Honestly, in a lot of ways, JJ, he sounds. <laughs> kind of reminds me, even when I watch him swing, it kind of reminds me of Chris Colabella. I think he's better than that. I love the guy. Exactly. I think he's better than that. Like, Colabella has played first base mostly. I know they've tried him in the outfield. But he's a first baseman. He's a first baseman. That's kind of why I say that about Rooker. I do think Rooker's going to keep getting dinged because he's a fourth-year junior who redshirted. But the power is the power. The performance is the performance. The analytics are what they are. He dominates the Southeastern Conference in a way... I've never seen anybody do, and uh, 400, 508, 879, as many walk. He does have a lot of swing and miss, 40 strikeouts and 190 at-bats. But he's getting Barry Bonds treatment, J.J. He's getting walked. This Apparently this weekend, Georgia walked him with first and second and nobody out. They didn't like the matchup, so they walked him. Because
0: uh, on Friday, he had already basically hit one. Halfway to uh, yeah, halfway to
1: the gymnastics gym. I was gonna say, I'll, I'll say I, was gonna, I was gonna go.
0: I was gonna say halfway to Watkinsville. I was gonna go a little uh, local uh, flavor yeah, there. What, yeah. what was the old? Was it
1: Loganville? Is that what that used to be the Where's capital? Loganville. Yeah, there you go. But that was like the capital, I think, of Georgia, wasn't it? Milledgeville, Milledgeville was the capital. Was the capital. A little Georgia history for you. Um, to that me, was, but, he,
0: but where he was hitting it, he was hitting it away from Milledgeville. Uh, so. I'm sorry. I was gonna kind of go in the direction of you know.
1: You know the Georgia geography better than I do. I just have a little Georgia history. To me, Brent Rooker is gonna be a second round pick, and he's hit his way that way. I don't see him being a first-round pick, but this draft's already crazy enough with college first baseman. We just mentioned McKay, maybe Evan White's David a guy, Smith, I mean, like... Evan White, exactly. And the last time that happened, the 2008 draft, that wasn't a good draft, and that was a draft. I think it, we wrote about it at the time first baseman. We, I, I wrote the feature and I was like, "Man, this is gonna be a crazy first round for first baseman. How that? How's that gonna happen?" And it. We've never had a, a draft before or since. If like I remember that draft. right,
0: I'm foreshadowing here as he looks it up. Avert your eyes, I do believe, if I remember right on this.
1: You know, it's weird. It's Hosmer. The second guy was Yonder Alonzo, who's finally figuring it out this year, which is pretty interesting. Almost a decade later, but it's kicking Justin on. Smoke, disappointment. No. Brett Wallace, no. disappointment. David Cooper, no. Ike Davis, no. Mm. And he actually got there. Alan Dykstra, unfortunately, absolutely not. The next college out, I'm just looking to see if there's anybody who snuck in later in this draft. Uh, the answer is not really. Future indie ball star C.J. Ziegler. Uh, Xavier Scruggs in the 19th round, mashing in KBO, I believe, trying to be the right-handed Eric So Bay. that,
0: So that, that's a cautionary tale.
1: That draft is a cautionary tale for all these college first basemen in this year's draft, but and none the, of these guys hit like Brent Rooker hit.
0: The other thing I'll say with that is is that... and Hashtag they, Rooker show. This is a dumb, this may be dumb, but I'll, I'll throw it out there anyway because I think there's at least a certain amount, in. of, well, a let's certain not amount of intelligence to it, which is, is that I do wonder what Will Craig and Will Craig's very immediate struggles yes, in pro ball are going to affect because Will Craig was drafted in the first round last year. yeah, And he was drafted in the first round almost entirely based on, like it, that was an analytics pick. Yeah, and From he, the standpoint of if you graded him out, he pitched too, which right. added a little to his. I was like, hey, I like the arm.
1: If you, if you believed in him, you believed he had a chance to play third base. I want to believe in Will Craig. I've talked to too many scouts who don't. I want to believe in the guy. I love the guy's makeup. I love that his, uh, how, you know, he just kind of played the game. He was a ball player last year. You know, he he, was, was, a he
0: was a guy who thought he was a three, as you That's
1: right. He thought he was a three. And he was really a one in college baseball. I'm stealing but, that, Coach Lopez, but, sorry.
0: But but we talked about Alex Jackson hitting 11 home runs. Yeah. You know, 11 home runs. Will Craig in the Florida State League has? Two. That's the more thing, than I thought he had. And the thing about it is, is the other thing that's disconcerting is, is that when Will Craig was drafted, if you liked him, you thought, you hoped that the arm would allow him to stay at third, even though right. he didn't move all that well and all that. But it was like, you know what? Hopefully this will keep him there. Yeah, Or at least you hoped it would... It would get him really close to the big leagues right. before, kind
1: of like Colin Moran defensively at third base. I mean, we've we said he's excited. The Brett strike. Wallace, but he doesn't control the strike zone either, does he? In, in, in pro ball, not like he did in college. Like he's Colin playing Moran. only
0: first base. He is walking, but Oof. it's also it's twenty eight ks in 150 hundred and fifty. It's not brutal. The
1: guy, the guy in this draft who's actually Will Craig's analog and gets comp to Will Craig all the time is Jake Berger. Jake Berger at the Missouri State, who also so, is
0: hitting. I will say with him, the, 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 if there is a difference, I feel like teams may be a little bit more comfortable with his long-term power potential than they were with Craig.
1: I think so. Uh, I'm not quite sure why because he also had no home runs last summer with the USA national team. Just like Craig struggled with Team USA, Rooker hit for some power in the Cape, hit over 300. Also, the walk strikeout wasn't good. So it's, right. I, to me, Rooker is uh, one of the hardest guys to peg in the draft. And there's no – you know. I'm not sure even who you comp him to, because we've just never seen anybody do what he's doing, who's also a fourth-year junior and a right-handed hitter. But there is some athleticism there. I think he's a better athlete, honestly, than Will Craig.
0: I, so I, I kind of believe in him.
1: I, I, I kind of believe in him. You
0: know I'm kind of sold.
1: Yeah. No. So uh, fun stuff. Great questions. We're here every Tuesday at Facebook.com slash BaseballAmericaMag. Thank you for tuning in today. Today's podcast and Facebook Live, were sponsored by Baseballism, Visit Baseballism.com for the best apparel in baseball and enter the code BA2017 to save 20% off your order. For J.J. Cooper and his Baseballism hat, I'm John Manuel. We'll see you in the next Baseball America Facebook Live and next podcast. So long, everybody.
0: This concludes our program. Want more in-depth baseball coverage? Be a better fan. Visit BaseballAmerica.com to get more comprehensive baseball coverage.